Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Hallelujah. Give that unto the Lord. First and foremost, I want to give honor to, of course, my pastor, who really let, lets me come up here and gives me the opportunity to come up here and be able to minister. I'm not going to say preach. I'm not going to say teach. I'm going to say minister. Because what God does with it, that's what God does with it. I'm not going to be the dis- decision maker on how it comes across because I really don't know how it comes across when I do it. But uh, pastor still believes in me and still trusts me, and I've got his example to follow, and I just want to give him honor. And, you know, I had to give him a hard time the last time, and he had to hear it on podcast because he wasn't here. So he made sure he was going to be here today, and I couldn't call him out on it. <laughs> so I want to give honor to my bishop for just always being here and loving us, uh, just being a great example to follow uh, for, you know, just really kind of bringing this church to what it is today. He brought it. You know, of course, pastor took over, but without bishop, who knows where we'd be. And, of course, Brother Mason for just all the things that he does. He's no longer my youth pastor. He, well, he's no longer in the Sunday school aspect. But he will always be my youth pastor. But he's taken on another role as being a mentor for me in a leadership perspective. He's got a new role, and he's, and he's doing it for the betterment of the church. And I just want to say you're doing an awesome job. <laughs> and it's just a, a good man to follow. Very knowledgeable. And I want to give honor to my wife and my son who uh, my wife just kind of deals with me, especially in preparation, because um, I am a procrastinator, if you guys don't know. I do kind of put it off. I try my best, like, I really try hard more than I would on any other thing when I come to minister, because I really take it very serious. But she still puts up with me when I'm having to really kind of, like, bear down on it. And then Lucas, just for being there and putting a smile on my face every time. And, uh, and I want to give honor to FAC. I don't want to forget to honor you guys, because... Without you guys, there would be no FAC. Without the congregation, without you guys here, there would be no purpose for me to be up here. There really wouldn't. And you guys are probably some of the most loving, caring, and really kind of like help a a minister out when they're up here. And let me tell you, it's pretty beneficial. So thank you guys. So now that you guys have been standing for a while, we're going to go to Micah 7 and 8. I'll give you guys a second for those that have the Bible, the the paper version. (laughs) Micah 7 and 8 says, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. My focus tonight wants to be, want to be on that first part where it says, When I fall, I shall arise. It doesn't stop there. It's not, when I fall, I'm just going to hang out here. It's when I fall, I shall arise. So I want to just kind of minister tonight, just on this topic, I will arise. I will arise. Can you help me pray right now? God, I need you right now. God, Lord, I'm praying, God, that you would just touch, God, these words. God, Lord, that this message, God, Lord, that it's prepared, God, Lord, that it would be yours, God. Lord, Lord, that you would give the glory to God, that it has nothing to do with me, God, that it's my voice, God, Lord, I'm praying, God, that it's your words, that it's my word, God, we're praying, God, that you would minister each and every heart, God, Lord, each and every mind, God, the way that you would have. 
Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. So the writer of Micah is telling us that, that we will fall. We will. He's not saying if. He's not saying you might. He's saying when. It says when I fall, I will arise. It's not saying I'm going to stay here a while. It's saying I will event or and maybe I might eventually get back up. It's not what it's saying. If you read it, it is separated by a comma, which is what? It's just a brief pause. It's not a period. It's not, you know, it's none of that. It's just a brief pause. It says, it's not saying I'm going to hang out here in my struggle. In my struggle. I'm not just going to give up. You know, we've all come too far. We're not just going to hang out here. God has done way too much for us to stop now. Me personally, God's done way too much for me to just kind of hang it up now. Somebody needs to tell the devil that he's a liar. Right? Because we know when we, when we battle all of these things in our mind and, and we're, we're dealing with thoughts of just wanting to give up or, or temptations and things we want to do that we know is against what we believe, we know that that's just the devil messing with us. He's telling you how good it is, how much better it is on the other side, and how much, how much better things are just going to be if you would just give up living for God. You know, I've got, I've got it a whole lot better over here. You know, if you just come over here, if you just look across that fence, the grass is really actually greener over here. You know, that's what the devil's telling us, but really he's a liar. So the Bible's full of stories of people's lives that were just messed up. A lot of people continued to mess up. A lot of these people, they just, when we read about the Bible, it can really be kind of inspirational for us. If you kind of think of it as an aspect. If we try to set it aside as being a storybook for kids, or they're just some characters in a book, because that's how we can often look at the Bible, right? As we're reading just another book. They're just characters created by somebody's imagination with some made-up storyline just to kind of get us involved. But that's not what the Bible is. The Bible is full of truth. Every aspect, so every story in this, if you believe one thing in this Bible, just one little thing, you have to believe it all. You have to believe that everything in this Bible, you can't just pick and choose what you want to believe because if you just do that, then what, what says what you're believing is true and what, you know, you can't do that. So we must realize that even though these, these characters or these people, they were people, messed up and they continued to even mess up because they were human, they continued to get back up. They realized they messed up, they repented, they got back up, and they were able to do mighty and wonderful things for the Lord. So does anybody know a guy named Samson? Okay, what about David? I know a guy named David, right? What about Job? Right? Saul? Maybe the one that's going to be turned to Paul later. Starts out as Saul. We know him as Paul. What about Peter? Jonah? Moses? And these are only just a few names. Right? So every one of these men have moments of weakness in their life. So, but they didn't let their failures define them. They didn't let them define who they were. So when I said each of these names, most of you, if not every one of you, could picture something that they are known for, whether it was something great or a moment in their weakness. Right? How many of you thought of a situation? You didn't think of like, because we don't really know what they looked like, right? 
So when we associate these characters, we think about their situations, what they're known for. 2 Corinthians 12 and 10 says, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, and persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am made strong. So each and every one of these characters, each and every one of these men, even though they were just a few, I could continue to go on and name off every, you know, all the men in the Bible that are big names and, and everyone that had struggles, but uh, every one of them had a moment of weakness, but they also had moments of victory, right? Samson. So when I say this name, you probably think about maybe his strength, how strong the guy was, right, Zach? Yeah. <laughs> Or some of you may think of his hair, right? Because that's what Samson was known for, right? But there's more, to just, there's more to his story than just his body, his physical strength, and his hair. He wasn't Fabio. He wasn't, it wasn't that guy. That's not what he's known for. He's not known for commercials or anything. But he come from a woman that was barren, right? We're going to learn a little bit about Samson today. This woman who was not named, as I read about the story, he didn't even have a name. The dad was named. But this woman wasn't even named. But she was barren. That's all we really know about her. But this woman was selected by God to bear a son who would begin, begin to deliver the children of Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. How awesome is that? This woman, she's unnamed. The Bible didn't think, God didn't think we needed to know her name. But he, continued, but he blesses her. This woman, barren. That means she couldn't have children. How do you know you're barren? Because you've probably tried several times to have children. And you found out, probably being very discouraged, that you're unable to have children. Because that's what, that's what they were proud of. That's what uh, men and women of their day were proud of, was the children. Producing sons, mostly. But that's what they were proud of, was being able to produce sons. So whenever a woman was barren, they were really kind of looked down upon just a little bit. Even though it's not their fault, right? But they were looked down upon. But the Lord gave special instruction to this woman that the boy would be a Nazarite and would not be allowed to cut his hair. So he said, I'm going to bless you, but you've got to follow just a few instructions for me, okay? And so if we read Judges 13 through 16, you'll read about Samson's strength, how strong he was. But you also read about how he fell in love, right? Samson. It's a good love story. Well, not really, but, but he fell in love. Samson was strong. But he did have a weakness for women. He did. Especially Philistine women. These weren't good women, right? These weren't the women he was supposed to fall in love with. At least that's not what we're supposed to think. So we read about how he had two different wives. If you read these chapters, you read that he ended up, I'm like, okay, well, we know about Delilah. Well, I continue. I started reading about it again. I'm like, oh, well, he had a woman before Delilah. He had a wife before Delilah. He fell in love. She was pretty. He told his parents to hey, I want her to be my wife. And they're like, do you really, though? She's a Philistine woman. Do you really want? That just doesn't look good. Come on now. And so he ends up, you know, falling in love and just doing all that. And, and he trusted her, right? He was loyal to her, but she was more loyal to her people, Philistines. Then, you know, he had a second wife, but we know her as Delilah. His first wife Gave up his secret of the, of the riddle. If you read about it, Samson had a riddle that he was uh, challenging some of the Philistine men. That, and, he, you know, he kind of made a wager with them. He said, you know, if you guys can figure out this riddle, I'm going to give you some, some sheets, something for your bed, something nice to lay on, 
some nice change of clothes. We're like, really? That's, that's nothing for us. But back in, that, back in that day, clothes were kind of hard to come by. They weren't, you just didn't go shopping at Kohl's and Macy's and, and all these places just to pick out, some, pick out a whole new wardrobe just because you wanted something different. So his first wife gave up his secret of the riddle. But his second wife gave up the secret of his strength. He loved and he trusted both of these women. Trusted them so much that he would, give, he would tell them secrets even though they were Philistine women. The first one, though, that only cost him some sheets and some clothes. Which, if you read, he ends up actually killing some Philistines and taking them from them. So he just had to do a little work for them. That's all he had to do. <laughs> Not sewing or anything. <laughs> but uh, the second one, though, cost him his eyes cost him his strength, and cost him his freedom. That's what love did to him. That's what trust did to him. But even though it seemed to fall, he got back up. Even though, you know, we know the story of Samson, how he fell, he lost all of his strength, he ended up being captured, and he was just basically a trophy for the Philistines. Because he had just, he had really like given them a hard time. They couldn't defeat him. He had defeated so many of their men. So really it was just a trophy, and they were just showing him off. But what did he do? He got back up. He could have just continued until the day that he died, just right there in the mill, just being a trophy. Because he was already broke down. He was already weak. He's already given everything up. But he asked for the Lord's help one more time. He got back up. He knew that he could pray. He knew that he could get strength. And so the Lord heard him, and the Lord blessed him again. And what happened? Samson killed more Philistines in his death than he did in his life. He, could you imagine that? If you read the story about Samson, it's talking about how he's slaying thousands of people and all throughout his life, and, and it's saying that he killed more in his death on his very last day than he did his entire life. And why was that? Because he got back up. If he never got back up, he would have never been able to do that. This, was what, this is what God was calling him to do to take care of the Philistines and to help deliver the children of Israel out of their hand. So what do you do? You bring their numbers down, right? So that's what he was doing. If he would have just stayed down, if he would have just been okay with being a trophy, realizing that he had been defeated, that never would have happened. The story of his death, that amazing triumph at the end, never would have happened. So what about David? David was a good man. I like David. I like to talk about David. I, I think... I think we can all kind of relate to David to a lot. So when I say his name, some of you may think about him and Goliath, right? Sure, that's one of the big things David was known for. Some of him maybe think of him as, well, he was a shepherd. He was just a little shepherd boy. Or even maybe about uh, when he was running for his life from King Saul. These are all situations that David was known for. Pretty big instances in his life. David was a man that had many ups and downs all throughout his life. From a young age, he was anointed to be a king. So could you imagine that? Coming to you at a young age and saying, hey, guess what? You're going to be a king. Um, do you not see my other brothers? <laughs> They're a whole lot bigger than I am. <laughs> they look a whole lot more kingly than I would be. Just a little guy. I'm just out here tending to the sheep. That's how much dad cares about me. He wasn't even going to bring me in. <laughs> To, to meet the uh, prophet, to, you know, be anointed. Because he did, he'd completely forgot about me. Why? Because I'm just a little guy. He's a, he, he didn't even think I was king material. 
So even though he was the smallest of all of his brothers, David was called to be king. What else do we know David to be called for? A man after God's own heart. What better thing could you be called than a man after God's own heart? Anything in my life, if I could just be called that, it would be amazing, right? But we know that David made mistakes. But David was also, so a lot of you may uh, recognize David for committing adultery, right? That was a big thing in his life. He committed adultery with Bathsheba. And what does he do in this? So he doesn't realize that he committed adultery and automatically repent. He's like, oh, man, I messed up. What am I going to do about this situation? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have her husband killed. Because I don't want to have an angry husband come knocking on my door. I'm a king. That just looks bad. All right? Some angry man come knocking on my door because his wife is pregnant with my kid. So he proceeds to have this man murdered. Not just killed. I mean, it was murder. That's that's big things. This is David. This is a man after God's own heart. He's human makes mistakes so even though David had many victories he was still human and made mistakes but he didn't stay down one of the biggest things he's known for when he made the biggest mistake or what I would see the biggest mistake that I read about David in the adultery and then having a man murdered is he repented big thing big thing he repented he got back up And God blessed him and would continue to bless him all throughout, all throughout the rest of his life. He's like, I know you messed up. I realize that. But you've repented. That's what we all have the opportunity to do, right? We all have a history. We've all made mistakes, you know. But we all have to repent. We all have to get back up and do it. We can't stay down. So what would happen if David had not repented? What What would happen if David would have stayed down? Well, Who would have wrote the book of Psalms? That's not to say that we wouldn't have a book of Psalms. That's just to say David wouldn't be the writer. That's just to say we wouldn't have David to look up to. That's just to say David's stories of inspiration of how he ran from a king and was able to to get away with his life and make these mistakes and continue to be blessed and be anointed, we would never have those. If he would have just stayed down realizing that he had messed up, and, and I'm done. I could never do anything else for the Lord. So what about Paul, formerly known as Saul? So when I say his name, many of you may think about how he persecuted Christians. <laughs> That's probably the biggest thing, right? When you think about Saul, you think about, or, you know, we say Saul, but of course he was Saul when he was doing that. When you think about him, that's what we think about, how he was persecuting Christians. How he was tracking these people down who were just doing what they believed. And he was killing them. He was murdering them. He was executing them. He was capturing and throwing others in jail. And he wanted to bring so many more back for judgment because they were preaching the wrong thing, basically, according to Saul. Or how he faced many trials while trying to spread the gospel. So so what did he do? Saul was the one persecuting people for spreading the gospel. And then Saul's the one getting persecuted for spreading the gospel. The book of Acts is completely full of just Saul's life, Paul's life. I'm going to be honest. I would not want to live that guy's life. That guy has faced many things that I I just wouldn't want to partake in. I just wouldn't want to be a part of that. He's faced death so many times. 
been whipped and lashed and all these things so many times. Just for what? Yeah, shipwreck. How many times we shipwrecked? Three times. You know what? First time, I'm not getting back on a boat. <laughs> I'm taking the long way around. I'm going to take this path. I'm just not, <laughs> no, exactly. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just, but Saul, I guess he's, he's just stubborn. So when we first meet Saul, he was persecuting the Christians for believing the resurrection of Jesus. But then Jesus appeared unto him and asked, why are you persecuting me? The Lord made Saul blind for three days. Made him see such a bright light. He was blind for three days because he was persecuting him and he wanted to make an example of him. So the Lord sent Ananias to speak to him. In Acts 9, 17 and 18, it says, And Ananias went his way and entered into into the house. And putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way that thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. This man, persecuting Christians, is going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. And he received his sight from, and he received his sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. This man Saul, persecuting Christians, is now baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. And preaching in Jesus' name. So now we're going to start calling him Paul. Because <laughs> formerly known, right? So we don't have to be known by what we did in the past. That's why he got a new name, right? That's why God gave him a new name. We don't have to be known. We don't have to be uh, by our past. That's not what we're known by. So what God do? He gave him a new name. So now when somebody says Paul, they're like, oh, well, all right, I hear about this guy. He's going around preaching the gospel. Oh, well, do you, did you ever hear about Saul? Oh, was he going out persecuting? Well, that's the same guy. <laughs> so, you know, he gave him a new name. So after all this, Saul would go on to preach and teach the message that he once did not believe. He would go to endure many trials and much, much, much tribulation. But he wouldn't stay down. Like I said, if I, if I had gotten on a boat one time, I'd be nervous to get on it again if it, if it wrecked. And he got on it three different, he had three different shipwrecks. And I guarantee he got back on it again. You know why? Because that guy's stubborn. <laughs> he said, it ain't going to keep me down. <laughs> but, but he would not stay down. He would be put in prison multiple times, but he wouldn't stop. But, he, but why didn't he stop? Why not? He received far more persecution than we could ever, Right? So how many of us, speaking about me personally for sure, how many of us when someone just starts telling us or, you know, wanting to question what we believe, kind of like back down just a little bit? It's like, you know what, I'm not going to touch, touch that person. They're just, they don't really want to hear what I, what I have to say. That's not what Saul did. So many people didn't want to hear what he had to say. But he knew that there was some that did. He wasn't sure what. He wasn't sure how many. But he knew there, there was some. And so it didn't matter how many times he's going to be put in jail. It didn't matter how many times he's going to be locked up in chains and put in prison and, and, and lashed and kicked out of the synagogues and, and all of this stuff. It didn't matter because he was on a mission. He was on a mission sent from God to preach and teach the gospel wherever. It didn't matter if I wasn't supposed to be there. It didn't matter if they were going to say, hey, you can't be here. Get out of here. Don't be teaching this word. Because how many times did he get taught, get out of here and don't teach it again? And he showed up the next day doing the same thing. <laughs> Get out of here. I 
told you to leave. But he's not going to. Because he knew that the reward was greater than the price. It's far greater. He knew that what was going to happen in the end by doing God's will was far greater than any trial, any tribulation, any scar that he was going to have left on this time on earth. Musicians, you can go ahead and come. And this altar is open. So we all go through battles. We all have struggles. And we all have things that we just don't understand. Every one of us. We don't know why doctors can't find out what's wrong with us. I know there's many in here that can relate to that. We don't know why we try to do what is right. And everything still seems to turn out bad or just not in our favor. We don't know. I know that there's a lot of people in here that have sicknesses and illnesses that just don't seem to be getting any better and the doctors can't seem to find out what's wrong. We have a lot of those. It's personally happening in my life. I'm seeing it personally. We don't know why these things are happening. We don't know why we have to go through these things. But they're happening. And we can't seem to find out what's wrong. No matter how much we pray, nothing changes. No matter how much. We can pray morning, noon, night, every weekend, every day. With still seeming like there's no answer. Nothing's changing. So I can only imagine how difficult that is for some of you. Going through and praying each and every day. Hearing these words. That God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. And realizing that you're still going through a situation that you just don't know why. You've turned your life around. You're making better decisions. But you still don't know why. But there's a, there's a phrase from a song that I just can't get out of my head. It's by Mercy Me. And it came to me when we were praying this morning. And really, Pastor got up with that scripture afterward. And really just kind of verified. Because I, I was like, I'm just thinking, Pastor, I just need to get up and say this. But I didn't. Kind of held back. Because I wasn't sure. I wanted to be God. And really, God kind of confirmed it to me that it's kind of what he was thinking. Whenever Pastor got up and read the scriptures that he read. And the phrase is, even if you don't, my hope is you alone. So it's, it's saying, this is what I really want. This is what I want. Whether it be a healing, a miracle, a new job, a new car, insert whatever it is. This is what I want. But even if you don't, my hope is in you alone. But even if I don't get it, even if I don't understand, I will still trust in you. I will still lift my hands every time I'm in the house, every time I'm worshiping and praising you. I'm still going to lift my hands, and I'm still going to praise you. Why? Because you're worthy. So if you guys go ahead and stand. This altar is open. This altar, this altar is open for anyone who just has questions that just don't seem to get answered. Have situations going on in your life that you just don't understand. For somebody that's going through a struggle and a situation and a hard time that just wants to agree with me. That says, even if you don't, my hope is you alone. 
God, I really want that healing. God, I'm in so much pain. God, I really just need a touch of your mighty hand. This is what I really need right now because I'm in so much pain or this depression is just really weighing on me. I just can't get out of it. I don't know the situation. But even if you don't, God, I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to lift up my hands and I'm still going to glorify you. Why? Because, because of the Holy Ghost. Because what I find to know is true. That you're still going to bless your people. That the reward is greater than anything you are facing right now. You might be going through pain and situations in your body right now. But I just challenge you to keep on. Because though we don't understand right now, the reward is far greater than the price we're paying right now. The reward is far better than any sickness and illness that's in our body. The reward, we're going to be made whole in the end if we can only endure. So don't give up now. Don't give up now. That's my challenge. Don't give up now. You've come too far. You've faced so many challenges already and have overcome. Don't give in on this last one. Don't give in on the next challenge that comes up. Don't let that be your last one. Be like the Apostle Paul who, who continued to preach and teach the message. Though he was on a shipwreck, though his, his ships kept getting battered, though he was kept getting lashes and whips and, and kicked out of synagogues for preaching and teaching the word, don't give up now. Continue on. The reward is far greater. Lift up your hands and give God the glory right now. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.